Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. From roto-molded coolers that keep your ice good for days. They have drinkware like the barrel, the football barrel, the shorty, the stein, the teeny, the vino. They have chasers. They have coffee campers and travelers. All sorts of stuff. It's going to keep your drinks cold or hot. You're going to have coolers that will keep ice for days. And they're bear-proof. Go to orcacoolers.com slash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com slash bourbon. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Old Limestone Mixing Water. It is the mixing water of Kentucky bourbon. We are firm believers here at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Drink however you want to drink. You want ice in it? Put ice in it. You want to put some water in it? Put water in it. If you're going to put water in it, use water that was filtered through limestone in an aquifer that's 130 feet under the ground. Old Limestone's unique Kentucky limestone aquifer produces a rich, velvety, smooth water with hints of calcium and magnesium, which amplify flavors. Yet with no iron at all, you can make bourbon anywhere you want, but 95% of it is made in Kentucky because the water is special. Use Old Limestone water to mix. Take the taste test. Pour a bourbon neat. Sip it. Now add Old Limestone, swirl it, and sip again. Check out Old Limestone at oldlimestone.com or they're available at a store near you or online. Bourbon and beyond. This September in Louisville, Kentucky, with Bruno Mars. The Killers. Black Keys. Brandy Carlisle. Plus Duran Duran, Billy Strings, Black Crows, The Avid Brothers, Blondie, and so many more. Bourbon and Beyond, September 14th through 17th in Louisville, Kentucky. All passes on sale now at bourbonandbeyond.com. Zeke, you got anything for me tonight? I can think of you know, at least one thing probably off the top of my head. All right, what's that? Why does LeBron keep shooting threes? I don't know. He made one. I saw him make that was one it. last night. You must have picked the most random time ever to watch one of these games because I think three now, he's about one for a million. Well, why is he still thinking that he can carry a team? I mean, I, I, I think in – I think he could carry a team. He's a big old strong boy. But threes are not his game. No, let's be Expecting honest. him to shoot a three ball is like putting the uh, shack on the line for a game-winning free throw. Anthony Davis is the center of the Lakers right now. You mean his eyebrow? Yes, that too. Eyebrow. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I went to Kentucky, bro. I know this. It's his one eyebrow. Yes, but... I think the bigger thing, and I know you're bringing this up because you're being nice to me, how are the Celtics tanking again? And how are the – I mean, the Bruins tanked earlier. Now the Celtics are tanking. I'm just having a great time. You know, you can only kick a man so many times. I'm not saying I wouldn't if you weren't looking, but to your (laughs) face, I'll at least be a little politer these days. You know, nobody wants the kaleidoscope of mope to come back out. You you would be one of those guys that would stab me in the back, not the front. I didn't say stab, I said kick. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink and Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. It's a very, very, very special day today. So I had a weekend 
where I went down to Pensacola. Our friends, Ed and Shelly, they had won uh, the right through Folds of Honor to do a charity tasting. We already did one in person with them. Ed, we we ended up getting a drinking and talking, and we did not record a podcast with Ed. We owe a podcast to Ed, uh, but I got to spend some time down in Florida with him and Shelly and Shelly's nephew and Shelly's nephew's newest fiance. So congratulations to the lucky couple. Uh, it was a great tasting down there. We had a great time with our friend uh, Katie Garrett from Old Hickory Whiskey Bar, but. We have a new friend that did the same thing for Folds of Honor, and I'm going to have to go to Pensacola with him as well. Yes, you are. And that is John Byers. Thank you so much for being on Dad's Drinking Bourbon. We did a very good job with you because, and, and we're going to talk about this, you have a podcast yourself. So the whole time, like, we're like, Ed, you know, we could do the podcast tonight or not. He's like, nah, I mean, I'm kind of having fun. Let's keep going. And you're like, no, I have a podcast. We're doing this shit. Love so, it. like... I set up the first thing I did when I walked in. Zeke wasn't here yet. I started setting up the microphones and surprised that Zeke wasn't here yet. But, John, welcome to Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Tell, so good. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. So good to be here. I am a dad, so I fit the mold. You have I four think. or five? We have a lot, yeah. and uh, four would be the number. <laughs> uh, but the, the bookends are seven and five with a, with a little bit of uh, 15, a little bit of 13 in the middle there. Boys up top, our daughter at the bottom. In my more boring uh, days, I, I'm in, in the insurance business, so a little bit like you in, in that world. Exactly. And you also have a podcast yourself, so tell everybody about your podcast. We'll let you plug it at the end as well. But Sure. Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine, Colby Juvenville, Tyler Burnett, uh, we run a podcast called the GOAT Consulting Podcast. Uh, obviously, you guys are familiar with the acronym in sports. And so that's what we run. It's for those striving to be a goat in their own life, business, and relationships. And it would have been the goat podcast, except that already existed for people that, <laughs> that. are teaching people to raise goats. Uh, that, oh. That's out there. So we had to throw in an extra word there for the goat consulting. So we have a lot of fun. So a very funny thing that you might not know, and we, we weren't talking about this. We were talking about everything but out yeah, I felt like there was a green room this week. It's like we had the green room for the podcast. We, we were did. sitting out there in the comfy chairs. It's very special. And our earlier Instagram days, and we still do it, we, we had hashtag deck pour because, it, you know, you're out having a pour of whiskey on your deck. I did not realize this was a like huge hashtag for the construction industry <laughs> that they did deck pours. So, like, if you looked at hashtag deck pour, on Instagram, you're going to find a bunch of concrete pours and then like a bunch of dads drinking bourbon on their deck. Those are two very different things. And so I, I could have changed the hashtag, but I thought it was really funny. I mean, I understand how you had to change yeah. the name of your podcast, but for a hashtag, I thought it was pretty good to have that mix in there. I agree. But, but so you talk about greatest of all time consulting things yeah i mean we've had some cool guests i mean you know uh jesse cole from savannah bananas was a guest uh jason pfeiffer who's been the uh chief editor of entrepreneur magazine but uh you know we we strive 
to be the greatest of all time in life, business, and relationships. And so similar to you guys, like who you see on that podcast. My wife often tells me people that do podcasts think they know everything. And I, and I said, well, it clearly <laughs> makes sense that you don't listen to this podcast that I help run because that's all we talk about is how we mess it up. And, uh, and we really enjoy doing it. So is it more about learning? I mean, when you talk about messing it up, it's about learning from your mistakes and how are yeah. you going to do better after you messed up the first time, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think we we try to we try to insert a unique perspective uh, into the conversation, right? Like around parenting and around business, and and with the guests that we have come in, uh, whether they're a you know Sally McRae, who's a Nike sponsored athlete, and Jesse Cole, right, who's doing things with the Savannah Bananas that's influencing how Major League Baseball is changing the rules, right? I mean, it is significant uh, influencing, and so that's part of what we're trying to bring out uh, people's story. It's funny. I just got like two weeks ago. I have a friend that uh, my friend Corey from Staven Bean. And he, he does a whole thing with uh, my other friend, John, and their barrel-aged coffee and, and all that. Oh, yeah. So shout out to them. But Corey and I talk baseball a lot, and we were talking about the Savannah Bananas. He sent me a video, and I was like, we should go. They're going like, to be here in two weeks. They're going to be in Nashville, in Nashville in two weeks? At the Sound Stadium. Oh, are they going to get to pull their antics there, though? Yeah, that's the thing. They're, it's a traveling team, and, and that's what they do now. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Like... Zeke, instead of wearing like a baseball hat, they wear like yellow cowboy hats and like all sorts of stuff, and they play baseball. I mean, did they change the name? Because I, mean, I remember, obviously, I'm from Georgia, and at some point during school, a fair amount of my buddies ended up in Savannah for like their last year of rotations, and there was a team down there, but. They bought I do, that I do team. Not be, I do not recollect it being called the Bananas. I cannot remember what it was called. They bought that team. Uh, Jesse and Emily Cole, and they sold like a handful of tickets in the first year. And here, and and what they ended up doing is they they competed in the league, the minor league baseball, and they ended up. People said you can't have this team where you have a pitcher on stilts or a guy that's batting with a bat that's on fire and all these antics that make baseball fun. You can't have that and also win championships. They won three championships out of the first six years that they were in the league and created now they do this thing on their own and they're traveling to cities like Nashville they have a million person waiting list for their tickets think about like Harlem Globetrotters meets baseball I mean anything that makes baseball entertaining I'm all for it Uh, well, that's what he said. He said okay baseball's canceled it. it's too long, it's too slow, and it's too boring. Yeah. We're changing that, and that's what they do. Super cool. Yeah, I don't I'm honestly surprised that baseball still has the following it does. I mean they're the biggest uh sport in the country that's losing viewership. So here's a fun one. And I'm sure the the answer at the end of the day is just simply, well, because it's always been that way. Why can't baseball just end in a damn tie? Why do they need to go 15 innings? They play 162 effing games a year. What's one tie going to do? That's all I want to know. Well, and and they could even they could even <laughs> take a, a whole thing from soccer, right? Not to not to get us sure. down a whole tangent, but you could do a point system. So same thing hockey does. Same thing teams that tie Zeke. I, I'm just telling kids you probably Every don't other know sport, this. But basketball, into the tide, basketball just is fortunate enough that it 
never happens. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. Then, but, yeah, and, and what's, just a, a quick soundbite <laughs> on the bananas, and because this is what the conversation he was having in his frustration with baseball. So Jesse said, hey, like if you walk a batter here – that batter gets to run as many bases as he can reach, and and uh, the the other team has to t- every person on the team has to touch the ball before that batter has to stop on the next bag. If you uh, if you walk, you know, just rules like that. There's no mound visits, right? Like I mean, just fascinating. Like he's changing the game to speed it up. And they're playing games in ninety minutes to to two hours. Well, and if there's no mound visits, like the pitcher has to be allowed to give yeah. the manager the finger. Yeah, like they have to be able to look at each yeah. other, you know. And, and from a batter's perspective, if you step out of the batter's box, you're ejected from the game. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, no bunning because bunning sucks. That's that's how you don't play. think John could leg out a bunt. I'd be like Jake in, in major league. Like I get to first base, I'm dying. I'm on my knee. <laughs> Pull him, pull him, he's out. That was his one move. It's ninth inning. It's my one move, you know. I will say my only other tidbit about, uh, I guess, minor league in baseball in Georgia was the best team ever was in Macon, Mm. and it was the Whoopi. The Whoopi. Macon Macon Whoopi. Whoopi. Yes, I like it. (laughs) That's interesting. They they called themselves the Whoopi. What was the game show where that became a thing? Was it the It was either Matt Match Game or Family Feud. Okay. It was one of the two. Was there a Love Connection? I feel like that was a thing. Love Connection was a great show. Okay. Chuck Woolery knew his shit. There you I go. No clue about either one of these whatsoever. So Love Connection, they'd have I'm two people. Nope. You're, you don't even want to. <laughs> I'm not going to look yeah, up the reruns. I promise on that. <laughs> we were going to do this whole thing when Zeke was first single, and and he got very very mad at me about this. But I wanted to do a whole podcast where I had three p- women that were blank on Zoom, like you couldn't see them, but he had to interview them, and then like we'd pick one at the end. And then as I told different distilleries about this, the women from different distilleries said they all wanted to put up a a different person from their distillery as like a tribute, like the Hunger Games. (laughs) And they'd have to go through stuff and then like the winner would get a date with Zeke. Like we've had... What kept you from this... Winner, quote unquote. What kept you from this glorious... You know, friend gift that was being offered to you because we wanted to make sure that we were first of all that we were respectful. I mean, because this was us going down tangents with our guests. Makes sense. Personal versus professional life are two different things. Second thing is that every time we would do this, Zeke would get very uncomfortable and start drinking heavily. So we realized it was probably going to be a bad idea for us to do this at the end of the day. But as much as we wanted to, we did not. All right. Anyways, disappointed either ways, but we'll we'll talk more about it in the next episode. They would have been as well. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Well said. On that note, tonight we are drinking. So our guest got to pick what he wanted to drink first, and I I brought a few different whiskeys for us to review with him. This one is the Jefferson's Marion McLean. No relation to John, and. uh, He's he's a goat, by the way. <sighs> what? Stole my first thing to talk about. Oh no, no relation to John. I'm sorry. 
but he was a goat on our Christmas episode last year. Oh, he Ooh, he is a goat. That's something we can talk about, though. He is a goat. So Jefferson's bourbon is is known, and this is coming from our friend Jonah Flicker. I couldn't find a uh, an actual press release on this, so I'm looking at the Rob report. And normally, I'd have my computer and I'd have a whole lot of stuff to to look this stuff up and be a the stat Rob boy. Report does whiskey? Yeah. I thought it was like cars or some dumb shit. No, but I just want to make sure I attribute some stuff to Jonah Flicker. So, essentially, what he is saying is Marion McLean is named after Zoller's eighth-generation grandmother, a distant relative who the brand claims was one of the first female bootleggers who was arrested in 1799, making her one of the first women to be convicted of this crime. The Marion McLean expression is a tribute to our family history and a celebration of the pioneering persona that defines our brand, said Trey Zoller in a statement. What better way to show appreciation for my past than by creating this liquid that can be enjoyed for years to come? I brought my dad, Chet, out of retirement to help create this nod to our heritage. What's more interesting is actually what's in this bottle. And I would have yelled at Zeke if I didn't have my phone in front of me because he took the bottle Mm. and, like, I kind of needed it. But it is 21% 14-year-old Tennessee straight bourbon, 40% 11-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon, 14% weeded double-barrel bourbon, 17% rum cask-finished bourbon, and 8% 8-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon. So, it's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of stuff. the The fact that this is a blend of source bourbons isn't anything new, as the brand is not a distillery and relies on others to supply its whiskey. Currently, Kentucky Artisan Distillery is Jefferson's home base, which is where this blend came together. The older whiskey must have been distilled elsewhere, given the fact that Kentucky Artisan Distillery opened a decade ago. No shit. Sorry, you said Tennessee, right? There is some Tennessee in here, yes. But the details of exactly what went into this whiskey are more specific than anything else in the Jefferson's lineup, which seems to be the selling point here. This is bottled at 102 proof, and that's all you really need to know. And I think, Zeke, in honor of our guest, I'm going to say, John, what did you get in this whiskey? Tell us your nose, your taste. What would you kind of get on this one? Well, my first thought as it hit my lips was, and I closed my eyes, and I thought, I think I'm going to be, I pictured myself on a beach chair at Kentucky Lake with Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what immediately came to mind. A little bit of the ru- the rum. Uh, it, it was sweet. By the way, Marion is my dad's middle name. Uh, and I've never quite understood it, but connected me with the bottle a little bit. And um, I'm going to defer a bit to you guys on some of the more descriptive uh, notes of this. But certainly some the rum kind of brings out the sweetness, the, the, the caramel, the really special. Zeke, what did you get on this whiskey? Um, straight out of the bottle, I thought it, it packs a fair amount of heat. And that was without knowing what goes into it, but I, I get a fair singe. 
Hotter than it should be at 102 is what I felt like. It's just prickly. Like, I mean, does it, prickly. it, does, it doesn't good. burn. And I don't feel ethanol like hitting the roof of my mouth. But it, it's... It's a lot. It's kind of like abrasive almost. Mm. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've all, even earlier before we recorded this, had plenty of whiskey that was more than 102 proof, at least three or four mm. pours. And even aged stocks, there's a 21-year burn weeder involved. Um, but I, I feel like this just comes off not as ethanol, but it, it I don't know, like, it's kind of like Pop Rocks or something. I mean, it just comes off the tongue, and it it just doesn't... It's very mid-heavy for me. It doesn't sit or settle. Like, if I'm going to have a 102 proof, I expect that to be kind of a, you know, a throwback or go-to-town kind of pour, like... Mm. So my favorite dailies would be that bottled and bond, 100 proof mark-ish. And simply because you don't have to worry about it being, um, you know, like, like putting a governor on you. Mm. <laughs> you can just enjoy it as, uh, as liberally as you want to. Um, but that one definitely, it, it, it comes off with a lot of pop on the front to me. And I'm not sure what the culprit is because younger Tennessee juice I'm sure we've all blamed on uh, some of the stuff well, it's, four, 14, it's 14 year old Tennessee juice that's what I'm saying so like younger Tullahoma presumably juice we've all blamed for oh, having yeah. a little bit of heat and, and, and those similar factors on the front end but by 14 it, it's usually calmed down sure. that's one of the novel things of Tullahoma juice is somehow the older it gets it it finally comes around the corner and, and gets to where you want it to be. Uh, whereas most things get too oaky. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think somehow the, either that double barreled one that's in the, that, that's listed there. 14% weeded double. I, I, and that's at a younger age too, right? That's, it doesn't say here. Okay. Um, but I, I, I almost feel like that might be the, culprit as far as what's just mm. given that that char and dryness and, and kind of just um, it's not gritty but it feels that way when it goes away I'll tell you exactly what I think it is I think it's the 17% rum cask finished bourbon I 100% think that's what it is and the reason I say that is I think there's not a lot in the front of this pour so when you're drinking it, I think it's pretty weak on the front. And then, Zeke, if you want some that's straight out of I know you added some water to yours, but... I tried it okay. neat to begin with. I'm just trying to help. But I think it's pretty weak on the front before it gets past your, your tongue. And then in the middle of it, I get a very, very rum-heavy. Like, it's, it's not the double barrel because it's more of a molasses to it. So instead of it being, like, sweet rum... I think it's the thick, thick molasses rum mm. that uh, that I'm getting. And the mid really just kind of, the mid's where it loses me, and then it dries out after that. It's still fairly abrasive to me. I'm not getting a ton of heat. I'm just getting that, like. I, I mean, it's, it's not like an ethanol, like, yeah. you feel on the roof of your mouth. But to me, even though I'm not a big rum fan, Rum goes down pretty easy, and that's why people like rum. Is is smooth, quote unquote, or whatever you want to call it. But and it's sweet. But it yeah, yep. it's sweet and it slides down. 
That's why when I'm sick or have a sore throat, <laughs> I want a toddy. Calm down, buddy. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, that's the point behind it. This, to me, does not I, – I wouldn't – I wouldn't guess rum in my first three guesses of what kind of finish do you think might mm. be in this. What would you have guessed? Uh, something, I think, that's why I go back to the double barrel. Especially, I think, with younger barrels, potential quality of those, the char, etc. It it just, it gets kind of salty and sandpapery to me. It's like a bad oyster almost or something. Hmm. A bad oyster. Marianne I've never, McLean. never heard that as a tasting note before in my whole entire life. I mean, Beautifully I wouldn't said. say it tasted like one, but we've all had a gritty ass oyster at some point, probably, yeah. and it's not fun to. A little piece of shells in there. Oh yeah, no, no good. It's abrasive or to your sand. tongue, right? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think I should now bring out the other aspect of this pour. Is I know a lot has gone into this. There's a lot of blending that has gone into this. This is now $300 a bottle. What do you all think about this now that you know this is $300 a bottle? The same. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But. And John, you were really excited to try this one from the beginning. How do you feel about this one now that you've tried it? I'm a big Jefferson's fan, and I have been for a long time. I, I got to say that um, I I probably wouldn't buy this bottle. Um, I certainly wouldn't buy it for three hundred dollars a bottle. I've enjoyed tasting it. Not, now you know not one I would put on my shelf. Now you know how we feel doing the show most weeks, right? What? Like it's and I just wonder. Obviously, not most weeks. We try to be more positive than uh, negative. Yeah. But we know you have to. I mean, to me, it just begs the question of if you try and you you know do a reverse step one eighty whatever. And think about all right. They're not. They're a non-distilling producer, so they're sourcing juice. They're trying to do things and find a way to to find innovation and be novel. Which I get that it, it's harder and harder. I think for most brands to have anything that sets them apart from anyone else. Considering like Jefferson's Oceans being aged on a Disney cruise for a few days. But <laughs> hell, the ocean sells well. People I love, love it. it. I like I mean, it. I, I won't throw a knock at that because. I like People it. Like love it. Like it's great. But I'm I still saying, like to think of it ages on a Disney cruise though for a few days. But I wish I know it was that's a, not true. I but. wish it was an actual <laughs> Disney cruise and there was somebody who like their job was they had to go on a Disney cruise every week just to watch the barrels. Yes. That would be great. I'd take that. But you gotta wonder, I mean, at what point all right, somebody has an you know, throws an idea on the uh, the drawing board. Let's try this, let's do that. Well you have whiskey you've spent money on. Sure. Once you blend it, I mean, it's like cooking. You know, you can add a little more of an ingredient, but you sure shit can't take it out. Mm. So at what point do you say, <laughs> it's not our best effort, but do you scrap it? Do you bottle it? Where do you go from there? I mean, I get if it was me and I was in that point, I probably wouldn't put that kind of price point on it because <laughs> i feel like that's gonna uh, piss some consumers off but uh, i mean again at the end of the day you can't waste a product that you've invested time money r&d whatever else you want to look at on well i don't know maybe you can i mean i think i've recently read the book uh, okay. quit by annie duke and she's a professional retired professional poker player 
And the book's called Quit, and she basically talks about this very thing that you're describing and how we attach ourselves based on our level of investment or what we've given to it, when really maybe sometimes the best option for everybody is for us to quit, right? The, the most masterful poker players on the planet of all time are masterful quitters. And but, so I'm, I'm not applying that here necessarily, but... But I know this isn't your show, and, and, but I want to bring a little bit... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. I wasn't saying that in an ass way. I'm saying I know this isn't your show, but I want it to be for a second. Okay. That's where I was going. Because I think for those poker players, for Annie Duke and what you're saying, and, mm. and eventually when she says she's folding, right? She's investing and investing and investing in each hand or each part of the hand, right? Until she realizes the ROI for investing is no longer there anymore. So she has to cut her losses. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if I personally like the term quit mm. in the sense of like she's invested. So like these poker players are so freaking smart where they know the percentage yeah. of like if they have an ace king, they know in their head what's the percentage of me winning just yeah. based off that hand alone, right? I mean, y'all know Kenny Rogers did a song about this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. It always comes up. But I, I play it for my kids. They know most of the words now. But I think the point she's making in the book, though, is that they've also, as brilliant as they are, They've become more brilliant at mastering the emotion behind quitting, yeah. right? Like, that's where I think she's making her point in the book. It's, like, it's not an emotional decision for them. They're playing the percentages, and once they play the percentages and they know that they're, the percentage is no longer favorable for them, yeah. they, are, they are stopping the future loss that would happen if they continued in the hand Yeah, by, by folding. So I, I see that point, but I guess that's where I would spin it if it was me or, or even had a, a, a vote so to speak was hey we did this thing didn't quite get to where we wanted to be but nobody likes to take a complete L mm. so you just sell it at 40 or 300 mm -hmm. but here's another way here's another I mean, way of looking at, at 40 are you upset about it nobody likes to buy something they don't particularly love but 40 but you there's something what? in between 40 and 300 they could come up with <laughs> yeah. that might have made more sense. That, that's but, my thing. Is, yeah, is, that's a good is, point. I, I, that's where I wouldn't want to leave it because we talk about it plenty is, especially like newer brands that come in and I get it. Like they've got investors. They've got yeah. their own money. They're trying to get back. But I, I think you and probably most consumers would fall into this as well. I know John and I do. If the first thing I buy from a brand just completely burns me in a sense of taste, profile versus cost, I'm probably not going to come back again. I don't yeah. care if I know you're Agreed. sourcing somewhere else, you're distilling your own stuff later, etc. Like, th There's a level of, of burn, not talking alcohol or, or that kind of thing, but there's just a level to where like, no, <laughs> they, they, they didn't do me right. Well, I'm gonna good. I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit here too. Let's take the poker example back again, right? So, say we have the components of this. We have 21% 14-year-old whiskey, 40% 11-year-old Tennessee whiskey, or sorry, 14-year-old Tennessee whiskey, 40% 11-year-old Kentucky bourbon, 
we have 14% weeded double barrel, 17% rum cask, and 8% eight-year-old, right? So there's five, just like a poker hand. So imagine if you're looking at, so so if you look at one hand one at a time, Mm -hmm. and you're Annie Duke, and you're in that, you know, okay, you were just handed an ace, king, queen, 5-4, right? But what if you can reinvest the ace into another hand? You can reinvest the king into another hand. You can reinvest the queen into another hand. They might all go into a hand together, and you throw out the 5-4. I don't know if you ever played five-card poker, but you no. only get to draw again once. But I'm saying in this instance, <laughs> in this instance, they don't have to. So when they're making those blends, they're not using all of that juice at the same time. Mm. So they're coming up. You know, we've blended. You're making those test blends, right? So if you put it all together and you're like, shit, this hand isn't really coming together. Like They get to know whether or not they have a straight before they have a straight because they're testing it and they're doing it. Well, clearly there's somebody thinks they have a straight. Thought it was the bee's knees or potentially... It changed once it all came together on a, a larger scale. Mm. Both are possible. I would hope it was the latter of the two. But or I'm, somebody who might be out of a job, which is unfortunate. But, but I'm just kind of thinking that you could sit there and you can go, all right, this hand isn't coming together. So maybe I'm, I'm only going to put three into this, and that's going to be my fold. Mm. And then I'm going to take these other two, and I'm going to go play them on another hand. Like. That's the thing that's different in this situation sure. from what you're you're doing with a poker game. So you could reinvest portions of your hand here, mm. or you're just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. We already did it. Let's put it in. But at that point, right, is it a $200? Because there's nothing here. If you go age, if you're going age, and, and the whole I love Heaven Hill used to do $10 a year. For, for old fits and all their stuff. They don't do it anymore. They, they've upped it a little bit. Not a lot more. But they used to do 10 bucks a year. So the oldest thing you have here is 14 years. So you're saying everything. I know there's finishes in here too. And you know you have the rum cask. And you have the double barrel and all that. But you're telling me you've sourced. And all these components together are $300. Like that's where it economically it doesn't work out for me. So if you, I'm, a, I'm there with you, two hundred maybe. Like you want to get a, a little bit of a bonus for taking some stuff together and being an NDP, where Heaven Hill is a distilling spirits producer and they're they're actually making it themselves and they're getting the deals on the grain and all that stuff. And you want to put it out ten bucks a year? Okay, great. Like, and I know it's a whiskey business; it's not a whiskey charity, but at the same time. I'm all for fair pricing. Like, yeah. make your money. I want. I, I believe in capitalism. They should make their money. Hundred percent. But there's a certain point where, like, this is too much. Well, we've all they've presumably the like had, even if it's not spirits, any commodity that there's something we really wanted and we overpaid for it because, f it, I wanted it. Yeah. And that's what we're allowed to do as a consumer. Yes. But. You go into that with an expected return as well. Mm-hmm. To me, this, not to be a dead horse, but it chapped my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and we appreciate Jefferson's for sending us this bottle. And uh, 
please you. know that all of our reviews are, are non-biased. Uh, I, I mean, I appreciate that somebody put this stuff together. There was just something about this one that was funky to me that I couldn't get past. It was in the mid for me, and it changed the whole pour after I had it. But, uh, John... We appreciate everything you do. We appreciate your donation for Folds of Honor. We know that Folds of Honor provides uh, scholarships for fallen and families of fallen and wounded soldiers and first responders. And John was very, very, very generous in, in his donation. He also fell victim to my... Uh, my coming over to his table and upselling him gave so. me a massage right there on the spot. I mean, it was it was uh, it was good, and I I did fall victim. But we're happy, and, and we I'm hope, so happy. We hope that that you had a blast tonight, and we're going to record another one if you have time. I don't know. Going to do it. We're going to record another one tonight with John. And uh, John, tell everybody about your podcast one more time. Yeah, the Goat Consulting Podcast. Check us out. Obviously, wherever you listen to this great podcast and also on youtube which i hear that's going to be a thing for for uh dad's drinking bourbon here very soon and uh and a special shout out to marion mclean the great 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 grandmother of john mclean the goat of um of die hard and what's the tower called what was the tower nakatomi nakatomi plaza that was it well Yippee Kaye, you can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at did Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. You can find us wherever you download your podcast. Zeke, please tell the folks to leave us an open honest review, just like we leave open honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City US of A. Cheers. Ciao. Boom. <laughs>